What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show with me, Sean Sheehan, here on Sherdog.com as we look ahead to Bellator 278 this week. First of all, we must tell you that BetUS.com is offering our listeners incredible 125% bonus on their deposits for UFC Fight Night Lamas versus Andrade and Bellator this week. Use that code Sherdog to get $2,500 in extra money to make Fight Night even better. At BetUS.com, you can not only bet on each fight, but they have loads of awesome parallel bets to choose from too bet live during the fights and your winnings are paid within hours start the fight at betus.com and use that code SureDog. right let's talk about bellator 278 this weekend it's uh it's a pretty you know it's a pretty good card obviously they have two cards i'll have another preview on bellator 279 uh coming up in, on the coming days here on uh on Sherdog, and we will uh, we will preview uh, lots of the fights, and I'll pick out the fights I kind of want to talk about, and the ones I think uh, people might be interested in. But there are a few fights people will be interested in on this two seven eight card. Um, obviously, we're kind of we, we look. We have the title fight in the main event, the, the tournament, the starting. We have lots of good bantamweight fights coming over the next year <laughs> or probably more maybe in Bellator with all these uh, injuries that are happening it could be it could be two years you'd never know but uh, it's it's great for Bellator and I think the tournaments over the last while have worked very well from obviously we know with uh, with the old school Bellator maybe the tournaments were getting a bit boring or whatever it might be with Bjorn there but since Scott Coker's come in he's done them uh, you know the way they should be done I think which is one at a time. Uh, it's not everything in the promotion, and we can kind of get excited about it. The one forty-five pound one was exceptional. Uh, obviously, we saw the the light heavyweight one as well, which ended last week, which was it wasn't bad either. But I think that the talent at one thirty-five, even with the injuries, makes it almost uh, impossible for this to to suck, as they'd say over in America. But uh, going back to uh, the, the two cards this week over in Hawaii. It's it's great for Bellator because I, I look we always talk about Bellator and the first thing we must say uh, is that this is very different, which is great because sometimes MMA can be very samey if you get me, especially if it's at the very top level. And look, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Samey is like because there's good production levels. There's um, you know there's good production levels and what we see but good production levels and behind the scenes as well that everything runs smoothly that they uh, you know it's it's a tight run machine and we see that with the UFC an awful lot but that does lead sometimes like remember when the UFC went to Fight Island and they called it Fight Island they played up I was only talking about it, it was like the anniversary of it there a couple of weeks ago um, you know they were talking about oh we're going to fight in an island then it went over and it was just like watching fights from anywhere else. Like, if you went back and watched one of those fights, which I have done, you know, preparing for, for cards like these and obviously the UFC cards, you'd hardly know it was on Fight Island. You know, they don't make it different. I feel like Bellator do when they do that. And go just being in Hawaii, going to Hawaii, something the UFC, they haven't done yet in, in modern times anyway. I don't know about years ago, but it's it's different and I hope they make it different you know I hope they they play it up I hope they have like little maybe even like video packages from the beach or whatever it might be and maybe you know bring BJ Penn there or whoever it might be just make it a little bit different and do something a little bit different and I feel like Bellator do that at times and I know in Ireland when they come here the cards feel very different and a lot of that I suppose is to do with the crowd and you know the the fighters as well the local fighters and you know they, they obviously have some local fighters uh, here as, uh, on uh, on these cards as well you know even kicking off the card uh, with uh, Cooper versus Perry you know 
I, I, if you were to ask me about the Irish people on the Irish cards, I'd be able to tell you, right, this is this guy in, in uh, or, or, you know, Sinead Kavanagh or Liam McCourt or Peter Quigley, whoever it might be, or even the up-and-comer, say, like a Danny Nealon, or sorry, Danny McCormack now. I, I, I always get, the, I, I used to get Nealon wrong, I can get McCormack now as well. But, uh, you know, the, 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 the next level, even the, the Derek Kelly's and stuff, those people, I feel like they're putting them on these cards and they're doing a, you know, a great job of it as well. And that, that kind of, is very good, and that's what Bellator do, and that's, you know, the UFC do it a little bit, but the UFC maybe, they can't do it as easily as Bellator, if you get me, because they have so many places to fill and so many cards, and if they go to, say, a place like Ohio a few weeks ago, and they put Matt Brown on the card, it's great, Matt Brown's from Ohio, but, like, who else from Ohio is on the They're not signing lads from Ohio just to put them on the card, you know, whereas Bellator, they do that, they bring people back in, and um, I think they do a great job of that. So I, hopefully they'll make it different. Hopefully they'll make it an experience, and the two cards over over two nights is something that's very, very interesting as well. Um, all right, let's get into to some of these fights. Uh, look, there's a couple of standouts for me on, um, on the undercard. Um... Eric Perez is coming back here and he's fighting CJ Hamilton. Like Eric Perez has had a very interesting time of it since since I suppose he left the UFC. He was he was supposed to fight uh, Brian Moore Ireland's own uh, there not too long ago and and that fell through. But like if you look at it, he had a great time in Combatches uh, America at the time, Combatches Global now fighting a couple of times in 2018. But if you look at his record, he lost to Toby Minch in 2019. He's only fighting 2019. Lost to Josh Hill in 2020. He's only fighting 2020. And won against uh, Blaine Shot last time out in 2021 back in May. So we're coming up on May again. You know, it's the seventh of May. So it's almost a year since he fought again. So he's only fighting once a year for a guy who, you know. It feels like he <laughs> it feels like he's the type of guy, the way he fights and the style he fights, that he should be fighting every week, kind of. And and you know, may, maybe that's actually contradictory <laughs> what I just said there. But it, it it doesn't feel like at 32 years of age as well, at the lighter weight classes, with you know, this is 29th fight, it feels like he needs to get going a little bit more and get into his rhythm and get into his um you know, get into his career and take it to the next level if it's gonna get to that next level. And you know, Against CJ Hamilton, a guy with a similar enough record, you know, fifteen and nine, twenty, what, twenty-four fights there. He he fought, in, you know, Combatch as well. Or no, he actually didn't. He fought. He fought his last two and better. Look, anyone who comes up against Magomed Magomedov, we know what's probably going to happen to them. But um, you know, he's lost to Casey Kenny in the Contender Series back in the day as well, and he was on a great run coming into that with what six wins in a row. So. It'll be an interesting matchup here. I think for uh, a guy like Hamilton, who, you know, he's good all around, but is not maybe not the biggest finisher in the world. Nine of his 15 wins have gone to a decision. I think it's probably going to be a close back and forth fight with Perez. You know, Perez is the type of guy. He will try and take down, but he likes, you know, to, uh, <laughs> he likes to stand and bang. And uh, maybe Hamilton can kind of, May, you know, maybe he can take advantage of that a little bit, but I, I'd fancy Perez, and I think maybe over the distance, uh, it'll, it'll be a, it'll be a good matchup. But you never know, you never know when a guy is fighting. He's only fought twice in the last three years. It's uh, it's very, very difficult to know. But look, it's always uh, fun to see him there. Uh, Weber Almeida is on this card again against uh, Fabrizio Franco, uh, Dante uh, Shirko against Scotty Howe as well uh, is on the undercard. And one guy that really, really stuck out for me, uh, Taki, uh, Tafik Masayev. Um, 
if you don't know him or if the name doesn't kind of stand out, this guy is 18 and 4 in his career. Um, he lost last time out to uh, Roberto de Souza, but before that, look at some of the names he's beaten Patricky, uh, Fajaya, Johnny Case, Damian Brown, Darren Krushank, obviously fighting over in uh, Risen, and this is the first time uh, he's coming over to, uh, to fight on uh, an American side, I believe, and in, in Bellator anyway. But the, the names he has on his record, that record itself is. You know, it it says a lot. I went back and I watched that Patricky fight, and he's a damn good fighter, a damn damn good fighter. He's he's a southpaw, but he changes stances an awful lot, and he's a very good wrestler and great ground and pound. But looks for it. he's not one of these guys that's just you know a blast double in the middle of the cage and and takes you down, and that's that. He's a smart, intelligent fighter. I really enjoyed watching his fights, um, and I think he could cause damage in Bellator, you know, fighting um you know, fighting some some good guys there and fighting, you know, at whether it's a lightweight or, or whatever weight class uh, he's gonna be uh he's gonna be uh, fighting at going forward at this one is that lightweight. I think he's a guy who immediately goes in there and you know he's a win over Patricky, so Patricky is a champion. He could cause trouble in, in that division. I've watched a good bit of Zach saying funnily enough over the the last year or so, he fought in the EFC card I previewed not too long ago. He lost to Like Rabzabov there, but most people do lo- lose to Like Rabzabov. He's actually taken another loss since then, back in February. So he's not on the greatest run di- this season, but he's uh, this year even. But um, he's very, um, you know, he's very. He takes a lot of fights. You know, he fought in October last year. He fought in January. He fought in February. So he's fighting again now. And what have we? January, February, March, April. So you know, he has four fights in the space of six months there. That's a lot. And that's, you know, it can be good for you. It can be bad for you. He lost his last two by finish. Uh, one was a leg kicks and TKO punch. I didn't see that one in LFA, but I saw the, the guillotine submission by, um, by a uh, like Rabs above. But, you know, I, I think he's a good fighter, a well-rounded fighter as well. I wouldn't favor him in this matchup at all. I think, uh, I think Masaya will be just too much for him everywhere, honestly. I think he's a better all-around fighter, and uh, I would definitely favor him in that one, but it's definitely one that uh, that stands out to me uh, there. Um, before we move on to the rest of the card, I'm going to tell you, UFC Fight Night, Lemos versus Andrade, and the Bellator is more fun when you bet at betus.com. Use the code SHERDOG and get an incredible 125% bonus up to $2,500. Uh, Andrade is the favourite at the moment, so get in now or even choose to bet to win uh, via TKO or KO to increase your winnings. At BetUS.com, you can make the fights even more fun by betting throughout the fights. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use that code SHERDOG. Right, uh, let's go through uh, some of the other fights here. One fight I'm really, really looking forward to is Jornel Lugo against uh, Danny Sabatillo. Um... I obviously watched Jarnell Lugo fight against um, fight against Brian Moore here over in Dublin uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I was really really impressed with him before and after the fight. You know, it was a close fight. It, it really could have gone uh, it could have gone either way. Uh, Sabatello, then, if you look at his record and some of the guys he's beaten over the last while, you know, anyone who beats Brett Johns is a very very good fighter, and that was his first fight uh, in Bellator after a good few. And you know, he fought in the Contender Series, he fought in Titan FC for a very very long time, and has some names on his record there as well. And obviously, you know, 
a well-rounded guy, 29 years of age now as well. I think it's time for him to to kind of take that next next step. Uh, but I think it's going to be tough against Lugo, who is 8-0, as I mentioned, beat more last time. But also, he's beaten Keatley. He's beaten Caspell as well. You know, two guys who are on the verge of uh, of the Bellator rankings there, So and, and as is Brian Moore. So this guy is not one to be messed with, you know. And I, I'll say it again, the Moore fight was, was very close. But sometimes... Um, I go to these cards in, in Ireland and, you know, there is a lot of up-and-comers on it. There is a lot of, um, you know, maybe guys, Bellator, are try, trying to get onto cards a little bit and, and people who could be very good in the future but are maybe not there yet. And then you see another a, a fight where people stand out, you know. And that Lugo versus Moore fight to me was one of those standout fights that you just see a different level of fighter. And that's credit to both of them, to both Moore and Lugo. And I think they'd both probably uh, have uh, the utmost respect for each other after that fight. But it, it was a fight, I, it was funny, I, I did. Uh, I was doing the McGregor interview and I came in like halfway through the first round and I was sitting there and I was like, you know, when the lads was, was at it and I was sitting there, right, I need to watch this fight. And I was... I was almost in awe of the the level of it, just compared to what we had seen before. And no, not to I'm not shitting on anyone we saw before or anything like that. But this was just so good. And it was funny. I was actually talking to to Brian Moore and John Kavanagh briefly afterwards as well. And uh, I kind of that's exactly what I said to him. And John kind of said, "Yeah, that that was exactly it. The, it was a high high level fight." And I think Lugo is one of these guys that maybe is a little bit under the radar in this tournament and in that Bellator division uh, all told because, you know, I, I, as I said, I spoke to him before the fight and, and uh, I think we spoke after the fight as well. And my, I can't, my memory's bad, but uh, he speaks very, very well, but he's not, you know, he's not a guy that maybe stands out in terms of personality or, or someone who's going to give interviews that are going to lead to like clickbaity headlines he's the type of guy i like to interview you know where he'd have a good chat he says something intelligently about um his not just his game plan but his opponent and you know i i actually i asked him beforehand about uh i, I watched two of his fights uh one was against contraverius uh romanos in uh standout fighting tournament back in 2020 and he fought as a southpaw on that and then in uh, a couple of his other fights he fought orthodox and like it wasn't switch stances or anything like that. Well, he did, does switch stances, and he's a very good switch stance fighter. But he came out fighting that way, and I asked him like, "Which, which way are you going to fight this weekend?" And he was like, "Well, you know, I don't, I, I don't decide to like get in there." And I was like, "Really?" And he was like, "No, no, I do, I do." So he's one of those fighters. He thinks about it an awful lot. He's intelligent. You could see, it. I could even see it in his face when I asked him that question. He's like, "Oh, uh, okay, you kind of pop me there, that <laughs> people can actually see kind of what I'm doing." And you know, Brian Moore obviously uh, saw that as well. And I asked him about that, and he, he was. Uh, you know, he said that as well, but that's something Sabatillo will really have to look out for. Like, if you're, let, let's say you see him, you watch that fight, and you plan for a southpaw, and next thing he comes out and he fights Orthodox, or you're planning for an Orthodox fight and he comes out and fights Southpaw. Now, that's in lots of fighters' lockers these days, don't get me wrong, but Lugo, for an 8 0 fighter, who hasn't a, a load of tape in him now, he's a good few decisions and stuff as well, but, you know, not all of them in Bellator and things. It is, uh, it's a very dangerous weapon for him to have, but it's a very, very dangerous thing for an opponent to have to plan for. So uh, that's definitely something Sabatillo will have to look out for. I'm definitely favouring Lugo in that fight. Uh, I think uh, I think he'll win it, and, and I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, 
some of the other ones on it, Christian Edwards 5 and 1 against uh, Grant Neal 6 and 1, you know, two up and comers uh, in uh, in Bellator at the you know over the last uh, over the last while Grant Neal obviously fighting out of the the Genesis uh, training academy. He lost last time out to Alex Pelizzi, but he had a good win over um uh, Tyree Fortune before that, you know, having all but one of his fights uh, in uh, in Bellator and, and Christian Edwards, you know, at, at 5 and 1. He is, you know, fighting out of uh, out of Jackson Winklejohn in Albuquerque. You, you know, he lost to Ben Parrish in that, you know, that fight. Maybe a lot of people didn't expect him to lose. So he said all of his fights in Bellator, and this is a big fight for him to see if he can come back and, you know, kind of bounce back and be that prospect people were expecting him to be. And it's very interesting to see if he can uh, if he can actually do that. And definitely want to to look out for there. Um, in the co-main event, then, uh, Enrique Barzola takes on uh, Nikita Mikhailov. Uh, it's funny, I talk about Brian Moore an awful lot in this. You know, Mikhailov came into Bellator and he fought Brian Moore. You know, he's out of uh, Fedor team, obviously, as we know. Um, only made his debut against Moore, as I said, back in October last year. And he fought against Blaine Shot again, uh, who is another guy I've named a couple of times uh, on this. But he maybe was more impressive in that fight than, than he was against Moore, although he was very impressive against Moore as well. Like, you you see a guy coming out of, of uh, you know, a Fedor team like that and then coming out of Russia, and maybe you think, oh, this guy is just going to be a wrestler and wrestling. And now he is a very good wrestler, but he can fight all around. Um, I think he took that fight in Moore in short enough notice, and Moore won that third and won it very well, you know, uh, he almost got the finish uh, a couple of times in that third round as well. It was one, if, I, if memory serves me correctly, it wasn't miles away from a 10-8. It could have been a draw, but maybe maybe I'm remembering that wrong. But definitely the third round anyway kind of faded a bit. That might be something you'd be looking out for here uh, to see if Barzola can kind of take him long and do that. Because Barzola is, you know, he's the type of guy who can go long. You know, he won in the third round in his last fight against uh, against Darian Caldwell and you know, he's gone the distance in, in lots of his fights. And, uh, you know, what, look, let me just look here. One, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten fights in a row he went to a decision. So he's plenty of gas. And he won most of them, you know, beating guys like Gabriel Benitez and uh, in the UFC and Matt Bizet. And, you know, like Barzola's the type of guy. I remember watching him before his fight um, with Caldwell. And I think I, I might have gave him as, as one of my bets maybe, but... Watching his career in the UFC, I was surprised, you know, they let him go and they let Bellator kind of pick him up because he is a guy who's exciting. You know, even though he's going to a decision uh, a lot, he I think he is a guy who you want to see who is very, very technically good. He's a good defensive wrestler and he can he can test a guy like Mikhailov. Right, and this is exactly the type of of test I think Mikhailov needs uh, in his career right now. You know, at eight and one with two Bellator wins, you beat a guy like Moore. You know, you're probably ranked, or you're you're right there in the rankings. Uh, and Barzola, I think, is probably the next step in that to to see where you go. I, I'm very interested. I I don't know who will win this fight, honestly. Um, and I'd be interested to see the betting odds. Obviously, with BetUS for the the betting uh, show when they come out this week. Because it's it's going to be a tough fight for for both guys. Because I don't think Mikhailov has fought someone like Barzola. Like Moore is more of a, like um, a technical fighter, I think, and and will get into a brawl if he needs to get into a brawl. But 
Barzola will drag you into that brawl or will drag you to the ground and hurt you there. And I, I don't know if Mikhailov is coming up against someone who will, who will have done that to him before. So I'm very, very interested to see how kind of he reacts to that, I suppose. And I, I, I'll, say, I'll say it again, jiu-jitsu might be an interesting part of this because, you know, more almost submitted him. Um, his one loss in his career is by submission to a, a triangle choke. That was in 2017. Okay, it's five years ago as well, but it didn't 10 years ago, if you get me. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see maybe if Barzola is a guy who can maybe uh, maybe draw him into that. Maybe not a submission artist himself. He's only four submission wins in his career, but still. that's Look, that's a fight that leader be... It'd literally be Mikhailov kind of either jabbing him up or taking him down and laying on top of him and dominating that way. But I don't think it will. I think it'll be Barzola kind of dragging Mikhailov into play, a place where he doesn't want to be dragged, if you get me. And that, to me, is an exciting fight. And that's a sort of fight that I will uh, I will definitely be looking forward to. Um, the main event, then, let's talk about him. Uh, Juliana Velasquez versus Liz Carmouche. Um, obviously, Velasquez is, is the champion. Um, we all know Liz Carmouche, the, the first ever woman to step into the, the UFC's octagon. Uh, when she fought, uh, when she fought against Ronda Rousey, and it's great at this stage of her career. You know what is she? Thirty-eight years of age. Just looking at it here, with what tw- only twenty-three fights. You'd f- it feels like she's more than twenty-three fights, but it's great to see her there. Velasquez is thirty-five as well. People maybe forget that, and I forget that myself. But you know, she hasn't been that active either. She fought back in the summer of last year. She fought in December when she won the title against Liam McFarlane. Before that, into twenty twenty. So you know. Similar to what I was talking about earlier, she's only one fight in 2021, one fight in 2021, and now fight in 2022. Again, it's tough, and it's tough to keep up her standards, but watching that Lee Malay McFarlane fight that she was in, she was just superb, I think. I, I was so impressed with her in that. Um, you know, fighting out of the southpaw position, she's very much a counterfighter. You know, very much someone who will wait for her opponent to come and then she will strike. But she's so good defensively, so smart, big, tall, and uses her her uh, lint very, very well. Uh, honestly, I like I don't think I've ever watched a fight like I watched um Dali Malay McFarlane uh Velasquez fight and being so impressed with someone at that sort of level. Like to go five rounds as well uh, in that fight, and you know, the the Keyholt fight as well where it was, you know, it was a split decision, but she won that fight as well and went five rounds. It's, I, I think she's, you know, Keyholz, that, that was one of the, the best fights of last year as well. Remember that, I actually didn't get a chance to go back and watch it, but now, uh, as uh, as memory serves, that was a very, very high-level technical fight. And, you know, after those two fights, I immediately became a fan of Juliana Velasquez. I think it won't be as technical this time because Liz Carmouche will will make it a brawl. You know, watching a couple of her fights, especially after she came into uh, to Bellator. You know, we we obviously we've seen Liz Carmouche for years, but you know, Deanna Pinafai, she put it on her. You know, she put it on her. Ended up rear naked choking her in the third round. She knocked out uh, Kanawana Tabe very very uh, quickly in the, in that card in the uh, in the middle of last year. But um, I think she will need. Look, the, the problem here is you fight Velasquez and she wants you to come on to her because she wants to counter you. You know, so what do you, you do when your best method of victory against most people, especially if they're very good tacticians, is to put on the pace, uh, make it tough for them and, you know, take the air away from them, take the skill away from them, uh, take their skill away from them even and put the pace and put the effort to win the fight. What do you do against someone that, loves that you know 
someone who who wants you to get wild so they can take that step back counter hit you with a left hand and hurt you that is a very very difficult thing to do uh and it's the key to this fight it really is the key for this fight if Carmouche can do that and get in close without taking too much damage put her against the cage maybe even take her down she'll probably win you know if she can't and if she takes shots on the way in and if she makes Velasquez look like this really good technical striker who's picking someone off a little bit like um, uh, the Korean zombie the, the last day against uh, the, the featherweight champion Alexander Volkanovsky. If it becomes that sort of fight, then will she would probably get knocked out or hurt badly or very much badly outpointed over five rounds. So that's the key to this fight, really. And I really think that will be the, the winning and losing of it. Um, and Car- look, Carmouche as well. It's a thing I've talked about a lot recently. She can't get disheartened if she doesn't if she's not successful the first few times whether it's with a takedown attempt whether it's with a clinch attempt or whether it's with like a combination attempt to push her opponent back to you know maybe get her against the cage or to to keep that pressure on where she can get use a bit of dirty boxing and stuff like that if it doesn't work she has to keep going through that fire that's the only way she wins this fight she will only win this fight by going through fire um and I, I honestly, I, I don't think she can. I, I think Velasquez is too good. I think she's too clean a striker. I think she's too smart. I think she's too fast, too accurate. Her footwork is amazing. Uh, and I think she'll, uh, honestly, I think she'll pick Carmouche apart. Because I do think Carmouche won't, like, I, I think she won't give up. I, I think, she, and by giving up, I mean give up on the game plan. Um, uh, And it will play into the hands of Velasquez. And I think it'll be, it'll be a banner night for her. And, uh, you know, you could see, uh, I think Alima Lane McFarland's on the next card. We'll, we'll talk about that. Maybe you could see that rematch down the line as well. Maybe even go back to Hawaii to do that. But yeah, all in all, uh, a very, very uh, good card and a very good uh, title fight to top it. Um, before we go, I was asking you, who are you betting on uh, at Bellator this weekend and at the UFC fight night between Limas and Andrade? Um, can uh, can Limas beat the odds? Can Carmouche beat the odds? Uh, or do you see the, the champions or the, the, the favourites even? Winning by TKO a given. Get your bets on this weekend at BetUS.com. Use the code SHARDOG and get 125% bonus. BetUS.com has been taking bets for well over 25 years, and there's a reason it's the number one UFC sportsbook. With more betting options, live betting at games, BetUS.com is your new home for UFC UFC betting. Start the fight at BetUS.com. Use that code SHARDOG. All right, everybody, that's it for me. Sean Sheehan here for SHARDOG.com, and I'll see you all next time.